Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. This is another session of local politics in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. And today we're going to talk with a new candidate running for the Ward 1 of our city of Holyoke. I want to welcome to Radio Plasma, Juan Gabriel Sanchez. Thank you, Johan. Well, it is uh, a new status, a new situation that we are having. Ward 1 is having two candidates so far until now running for city council. That's correct. It's exciting. You know, whoever, whenever people run is exciting. You know, I don't think anyone should ever go unopposed. So hopefully, you know, there's a good race. Whoever wants to get involved or wants to run for NEC, I more than empower anybody to run. It's important for people to get involved in local politics. So Juan, let's start talking about you. I'm sure many people know who you are and share many of your feelings, many of your motivations for you to be running right now. But let's get to know who you are and with this to know the reasons for you running right now for the Ward 1 of a, of a city council in Holyoke. All right, Johan, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Anything that connects your story to the residents to or the, the res people that I'm running to represent? Yes, this, so, is your, this is your space now. As you stated before, my name is Juan Sanchez. I was born and raised here in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I was uh, originally born on Hampshire Street in a building that no longer exists because it caught on fire. Um, from there, we moved to South Holyoke, and I've lived all over the city of Holyoke. Uh, I was raised by my grandmother. Unfortunately, I was born to um, addict drug parents who, uh, I'm sorry, drug addict parents who unfortunately uh, weren't able to care for me and my brother the way they needed to. And we did have grandparents who did step up and were able to kind of fill that role for us. I was very blessed to be raised by my grandmother. She raised me with old school values. And I always seen my grandmother giving and helping somebody. And I think that's kind of where my passion comes from is that I always, even when we had a little, she always gave it because it just, it's to help somebody else. So I feel that, you know, that's a big part of, um, you know, where kind of my passion comes from. And also because of the struggles that I've lived, I feel that uh, also empowers me. I've also had the pleasure of, since I was about six or five years old, being involved in some kind of community program or another in the city of Holyoke. I can go back to a, living in Jarvis and it being the UFRAP program and everything being a lady named Ruth. And Ruth moved away and then it became Marisol. And after Marisol, it became Sandy Rojas, who became my youth. You know, and these were, men, the, the, you know, these were women who kind of became mother figures to me, right? And kind of raised me from there. And from there, I met other great women and men in the city who kind of mentored me and schooled me in the ways of kind of community activism and how to, you know, be influential and uh, help one another and help your community kind of uplift itself. So... Yeah, it's a little bit about me. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to know or ask. From these times when you were having this support and this help, what agencies can you identify as the ones that had a positive impact in your life? Well, I can give you a definite name of somebody I can say definitely gave me an impact, and that's at Betty Medina down at Enlace de Familias. And the reason I say that is because when I was 18 years old, you know, already doing my activism work, but as a young man, but finally being, you know, uh, of legal age, uh, Betty took me aside and she said, Juan, there's an AmeriCorps VISTA program 
and I, you need to do it. And I'm going to call Leda, who was running the program at the time, and I'm telling her you're going and you're going to be an AmeriCorps Vista. And she was the first person to kind of get me into the professional nonprofit world by making me a Vista, right? So in that way, I feel that she clearly had seen something in me and she believed in me in a way that she made the phone call and she got me in there and I got to go to Philadelphia for three days and, you know, things like that. I got to work at Career Point under Gladys for a few months and, uh, you know, it was a great experience. It was a great experience, but I definitely said when I've had that experience, had Betty Medina over at Enlace de Familias not, you know, taken me aside and said, you know, there's this opportunity and it's for you. How do you think Betty will feel right now listening to you, knowing that you're running for city council? Um, I've spoken about it with many, many people. I know that Betty would be proud of me. You know, I know that she'd be very happy, you know, as I think she is about any young person, especially those that she kind of feels, you know, like she's mentored or been a part of kind of uplifting themselves or kind of doing anything professionally or anything that's kind of um, either giving back or even anything professionally. I think Betty would be just as happy if I said, Betty, I'm going for my master's degree and, you know, science or something of that nature, you know, because it's about doing something, you know, more than, than, than what it is that we came from, right? A lot of us come from really difficult situations and there's, you know, it's really difficult to uplift yourself out of those situations to kind of be able to see people be able to uplift themselves and also not only uplift themselves, but not forget where they come from, right? And be able to give back to their community and kind of still invest in the people because they know what that struggle is and they know what that pain is and what, you know, so... So with this, basically, you are pointing now to the reasons and motivations to becoming our candidate running for city council. Yeah, my reasons for running for city council, specifically for Ward 1 city councilors, because I live in Ward 1. Um, I have family down in Ward 1. I have a lot of friends, and I have a lot of friends with a lot of business owners in Ward 1. And unfortunately, I feel that there's been a disservice done to the residents and businesses of Ward 1. And it's not personal as much as it is. Uh, legislative disservice, meaning that I don't believe that the residents and businesses of Ward 1 have a strong representative on the city council who's advocating for their needs or even responding to the basic, you know, uh, requirements of being a city councilor. So what are the, um, some of the issues that you have identified uh, in general for Ward 1? Because definitely we cannot mm. only put the attention on the business. Right. I believe right now there are also another series of issues and concerns, serious ones, because of the, the unfortunate events that happened in January. And of course, the situation that has been playing out for so long. So what is for you that feeling, that connection, that impact? That motivation? I almost make you want to cry, to be honest with you, Johan, because it's an issue that you said has been going on for so long. You know. In the early 80s, my family lost all the pictures of my aunts and uncles and, you know, and things of that nature in a fire in Holyoke. And here we are, 34 years later, right, 36 years later, still talking about the same issue, lack of proper, um, you know, fire protection. I mean, although it may be from a different purpose than it was 36 years ago, what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. So with that said, one of the main parts of my platform is public safety. I don't believe in pinching pennies at the cost of people's lives or livelihoods. And I will be a strong advocate to have no cuts to any public safety, whether that's fire or police, if for nothing else, to ensure that all residents, when they do call 911, that they will get proper service, whether it's a crime or they're in danger or it's a fire or something of that nature, and that the proper number of people show up. 
So instead of having six firefighters show up, we should have 11 firefighters showing up, right? And there's an issue with that. We should have those 11 firefighters. Um, there's a lot of ways to close that gap. You know, that's something that we can discuss if you'd like to a little further. One of my ideas is putting a moratorium on TIFs or tax increment financing, which are giving tax breaks to um, businesses with the idea that they're creating jobs. Unfortunately, the way the process has gone down in the city thus far, I feel that the TIFs that have been being given for the most part have been very um, selective and haven't been creating a large number of jobs or requiring any of those jobs to go to Holyoke residents. So I think that putting a moratorium on it at least until we can fund our budget properly. Also talking about representation, because being part of the Puerto Rican Latino community in the city in general, but most specifically to Ward 1, what is your commitment, what is your mission, and what is your perspective towards the representation of the Latino community? I believe that we're at a crucial time in the city. There's a lot of development going on in the city. There's a lot of economic development going on in the city. And throughout the country, what happens when these economic development projects kind of tend to happen is that those most low-income and poor residents end up being priced out of their neighborhoods. I think it's extremely important that we as a community start realizing this, start uniting against this matter and start fighting for more equitable development. So it's not to say I don't want any economic development in my ward or I don't want you know any businesses or I'm against you know this kind of business or that kind of business. What I'm saying is that should be equitable businesses, right? So not only building in a community, but building for the community. What I coined community relevant, community competent economic development, right? So we're building for the people that actually live there so we can make something beautiful we can make something really nice that is relevant to that community that lives there. So, for example, the flat is right next to Main Street. South Holyoke is right next to Main Street. Why not create an old San Juan-style corridor, work with the two community development corporations to get those tax credits? It's been done, you know, Paseo Boricua in Chicago, um, 8th Street in Washington, you know, several um, Melrose, the Melrose projects in, in, in New York City, you know, all these places that at one point in time were facing this same issue of poor people being priced on. They said, no, we're going to take control of our community and we're going to build what we want. And it's still going to be development and it's still going to be economically beneficial for the city and for taxpayers. And it's creating a new tax base of people who originally weren't, right? So why not invest in teaching people how to run small businesses and helping them through tax credits to buy storefronts? They did it at Eastworks in East Hampton. I don't see why we couldn't do it here in Holyoke. And thank you for bringing this up because sometimes I think it is good to be innovative and being the ones creating the path, but also it is good to see what's going on around us, what is being effective, what is being successful, and apply it towards our own resources, our own talents, our own capabilities, and make it work as an iteration. And then, based on those results, make sure that we can put it to work to keep moving it forward, or if not, then well. Let's think together or something Right, but else. let's all work together, right? And in order to be able to work together, we need to have strong representatives who are ready to speak up and speak out about things that may not be brought up by, you know, somebody from another ward or from another section or city or from another economic background or social class or, you know. Um, it's, a very real, it's a very real thing in this city. And uh, going back to the part of you said uh, regarding me being a Puerto Rican man and kind of my connection with what it means. Um, I think that we need to preserve the history of the Puerto Rican people in this city. And in order to do that, 
we need to ensure that we're not priced out of this city. You know, my grandmother came here in the 60s. There's um, several other Puerto Ricans who came here earlier than that. You know, my grandfather came here to work. You know, my aunts and uncles were raised here. I feel we're just as much a part of this city as any other resident of this city and are, we should be respected and part of the process when it comes to development going on in the city and really any other process going on in terms of what is the city going to look like or what kind of city do we want to create. If you become city councilor for Ward 1, what will be your priorities? My priorities are four things. Number one is public safety. Number two is workforce development. I've been watching other councilors You know, specifically the War II counselor has been doing a great job of creating relationships with the businesses in his ward to ensure that the residents there are being employed at those businesses, to ensure that those played businesses are investing back into the community through the neighborhood associations or other festivals. And I would really like to replicate that in Ward One. I think it would be really, really powerful, and I think it would be great. A lot of people out there are ready to work. You know, we live in a, you know, the lower wards have 30% poverty rate, you know, a 14% unemployment rate. That's an issue. You know, we can, you know, there's a lot of numbers going out. And a lot of the numbers say, oh, the unemployment rate is going down. But what it doesn't go into is why is it going down? The fact that more people are moving into the town who have jobs elsewhere isn't mean that the unemployment rate is going down for people who live in Holyoke. And especially for those who really need the employment opportunities to be able to uplift themselves. We can complain about people not being taxpayers all day, or we can try and work to create that path to help people become taxpayers. When you mentioned this, replicating the work that the City Council for Ward 2 has been doing, this pretty much suggests teaming up and working more than working together is creating a coalition of efforts that connect, especially because Ward 1 and 2 are together literally. And I guess this could create a new synergy for the whole South Holyoke area. Right. And, and, and that's the long term goal. I don't want to speak for Councilor Roman. You know, um, we do have a good working relationship. There's nothing been in the talks. There's no, uh, you know, strategy to partner or, you know, collusion going on. I just want to clear the air on that. But uh, in the long term, ideally, I think it's important to have really strong Latino representatives. And when you have strong Latino representatives who are uniting together to advocate for the causes of those most vulnerable in our neighborhood, and not just Latinos, because there's several other people in Ward 1, 2 who are homeowners. I don't want to just specifically stay on the Latino topic, but really when you speak about the those most vulnerable in our community, low-income residents or residents who are struggling to keep employment or pay their taxes or put food on the table, whatever that looks like, I think the lower wards struggle with that a lot more, and I think it's important to have strong representatives to help fight that and help advocate for the needs of those wards, even if it's something as simple as a park, which parks are nice. You know, they're a nice thing. It makes people feel good. But we also need to do real things, right? Like going to those business owners, such as, you know, and telling them, no, I want you to hire 10 out of the 20 people have to be from Ward 1. They have to be from Lyman. They have to be from Mosher Street. They have to be from, you know, the flats somewhere. They have to be from High Street, Maple, just, you know, the, the area in which you live in, and also when new businesses are coming in, saying, all right, great, now what are you going to do for the community, right? So yeah, you're building here, that's great, I see that, but there's a whole community here. How many of these residents are you going to hire? And things of that nature, because you have to be able to, you kind of have to strong arm sometimes, you know, people who want to come in, because sometimes people assume that because they have money or because they're investing, that that's, that means that they get their way, and that's not necessarily the case. So right now, what is the plan? What is going to happen as the race for World One, it is officially on. Right. 
Well, uh, I'm looking forward to finishing collecting my signatures and turning those in and getting myself certified. After which, I'll be hosting a fundraiser soon thereafter. And campaign season goes from there. That's door knocking, going out, walking down the streets, meeting people, talking with people all over the world, not going around asking, telling them who I am and what I'm going to do. I want to hear what they want. You know, because at the end of the day, my opinion and what I think may be best for Ward 1 is completely irrelevant to those people that I'm supposed to represent, right? And if they believe that I should stand for something else and that's what they want, then that's the kind of representative I want to be. It's not about me. It's about them and them having a representative that they know is really representing them, listening to them, reaching out to them, creating a space for them to be able to speak through neighborhood associations and through office hours. Also, expanding off of the idea of a neighborhood association, I also want to create a Ward 1 business association. I want to have an association where business owners can come and advocate for their needs as well, and me as a city councilor be able to understand that. So when things come up in city council that are in relation to the business tax or in relation to anything that affects these businesses within my ward, I have a good understanding of, you know what? That's all fine and dandy, but let's say, you know, 40 businesses in my ward said they don't want this. But yeah, the next thing is to get in campaign mode. I'm, I'm nervous, I'm excited, but I'm ready. I've been doing this a long time for free. I've been um, showing up to the city council for a long time for free and advocating for needs for free. For me, it's not about the check. It's not about the title. It's not about the position. It's all about being a real representative for the people and truly standing up for the needs and ensuring that we can preserve our community before it's too late in this critical time in the city. You just mentioned you're nervous, but you're ready. And at the beginning of this conversation, I was mentioning that the, for the first time, two contendants are running for Ward 1, and I'm referring to you, and of course, the incumbent uh, city councilwoman for Ward 1, uh, Gladys Lebron Martinez. Right. How do you feel being the one running against her? Well, I do got to say, I have nothing but love and the utmost respect for Gladys Liberal Martinez. Um, she's one of my mentors. I've learned a lot from her. I believe that she's done a great job, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. As far as how I feel about running against her, I think it's time. I think that, you know, it's time for new energy. And it's time for the people who would want to have a strong representative. I, I, I believe, you know, Councillor Martinez, although I have nothing but the utmost respect for her, isn't putting her all into representing the people she's supposed to be representing, the businesses and the residents. You know, there's a real issue when people are waiting months for handicap signs. It's a real issue when businesses have real needs and they're not getting calls back after several attempts at trying to reach the counselor, you know? So, uh, you know, and it's a real issue when public, when fires happen and the counselor is completely silent. Or most recently, there was an issue that came out where the bridge by South Hadley, there was an incident in which a child was beaten. And once again, our city councilor was silent. And, you know, the reason I bring that one up, because for me, I'm not saying that, oh, we should investigate, we should look into everything. But there should be an investigation done. Whoever's the city councilor should be there saying, you know what, I want this looked into. This was somebody in my ward, in my neighborhood. And it's not saying I'm against the cops. I want, you know, anybody fired. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that, as a representative of these people, you should be advocating for their needs. And if they're in harm, if they're being abused in any way, shape, or form by city officials who are being paid by the city, you know, you should speak up. And uh, in terms of the brownouts, once again, understanding that you're putting people's livelihoods at risk, understanding that by this brownout happening, the right number of firefighters aren't going to show up to a fire in your neighborhood for you to stay completely silent to me is uh, unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, and it's a tragedy. And, um, 
yeah, I think it's time for a representative who's not going to be afraid to speak up and speak out. I'm independent. I'm not partisan. I have no loyalty to any politician. I'm not worried about stepping on anybody's toes because at the end of the day, it's all about the needs of the people that I'm here to represent, which are the businesses and residents and constituents of Ward 1. You mentioned that you are right now on the process of uh, getting the signatures of support so that way you can complete all your, right. your registration and process. And how the community can connect with you? Well, they can reach me via Facebook. I also have a phone number, which is, which is uh, 413-355-6013. I'm not sure if I should put that public, but there it is. They can also reach me via my Facebook name is Juan Gabriel Sanchez Sanchez. You can also reach me by email at jsanchez91089 at gmail.com. And I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting you on the streets as I walk down your neighborhood and knock on your door. I'm much better at the face-to-face than I am with the email and the phone thing, but I'm looking forward to hearing from you either way and in any way possible. So, Juan, any last remarks you would like to make to let people know about your campaign, your running for World One, any, anything else you would like to add? Yeah, I've been doing this a really, really long time. I'm running because I've been seeing, once again, a disservice to the residents and businesses of Ward One. I believe that when you call your representative, you should get a call back. I believe that when you email your representative, you should, have an e you should get an email back. And I believe that if you have an issue or a need that your representative on the city council can advocate for or help you with, then your city council should be available. And I also believe that we have potential in Ward 1. Right now, all the economic development is happening down here, and there's so much more potential in a community that hasn't been you know, tapped into yet. And I believe that together we can make Ward 1 number one, and I look forward to meeting each and every one of you as I continue on my campaign towards becoming the next Ward 1 city councilor for the city of Holyoke. Well, Juan, thank you very much for accepting this invitation to be part of this series of conversations with the candidates for this series of active events that is going to be taking place within this year for the elections in Holyoke. Right. And also I want to remind the audience and any other candidate or incumbent official running for re-election that this space is open and available for you. We expect to have an open and honest conversation about what is your work, what are your plans, and of course we expect also to have a follow-up where we can get more direct conversation, interview, and even possibly a debate. So I, I'm still keeping this invitation open to you, Juan, for keeping up this dialogue, this conversation, so we can all be part of this process that is being now presented through this podcast in a local media. I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it, and I'm excited to come back anytime you invite me back, Johan. Um, yeah, and I recommend, as Johan said, anybody who wants, who's running or an incumbent to come on in. I think it's a great way to kind of get the word out and uh, for people who may not have access to kind of meeting the candidates in other ways to kind of hear their, to, to be able to hear their candidates and kind of their ideas. Um, and once again, it was a pleasure to be here with you tonight, Johan. And I really, really, really appreciate the invite. Well, this is... Juan Gabriel Sanchez Sanchez, a candidate for Ward 1 for a city council seat in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. And this was part of our interviews for candidates in our Radio Plasma podcast. This episode was produced at the Plasma Media Lab at the Gandora Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Massachusetts. 
I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.